We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. Today is Wednesday, well, this is dropping anyway on Wednesday, which means, as always, but sadly for the last time this summer, at least anyway, my good friend Aaron Quinn from Cover One, who's been kind enough for quite a while now to do these weekly shows with me, daddy duty calls over the summer, so you'll still see Aaron a couple times, hopefully, anyway, Aaron there, but not on a weekly basis, but anyway, how you doing, man? What's going on? I'm good, man. I am trying to enjoy a little bit this last week. Next week is basically, uh, I think the kids get out of school technically on Wednesday, but there's like events. It's not really a sure. week of school. Homework stopped a couple of weeks ago, but the, kid, the school has my kids uh, for the rest of the week. So I'm trying to enjoy that. I do love them. We talk about it all the time, yeah. um, but I'm honest. I feel like not enough parents that I talk to are honest with how annoying their own kids are and like <laughs> as much as I love them like it's gonna be pretty annoying to have them around all the time uh, but we're gonna make a fun summer of it I am excited uh, to get another summer in with these guys so. I used to think I would see on Facebook every year when, when my kids were younger anyway and going mm-hmm. back to school not so much my wife to be honest with you but I'd see a lot of wives that would like have a party a little part, not like a yeah. party, but like they'd go out and celebrate, maybe go have a drink or brunch or something like that. Mm-hmm. The day their kids would go back to school because by the time the summer is over, they're ready to get rid of their asses five days a week. Again. I get it. <laughs> um, all right. So listen, we'll talk a little bit of bills today, but I'm going to be honest with the guys right here at the top. And, and again, thank everybody who, who if you're watching this on the YouTube side, if you're if you're listening on the audio side, I, I, I thank you as always for uh, locking in today. We'll talk a little bit of sports, but. Quite frankly, uh, not a lot. I wish this was tomorrow because if it was tomorrow, we're taping this Tuesday. And I got to say this because, you know, Buffalo Bills mini camp, mandatory mini camp starts mm-hmm. later today after we're taping this. So we'll see if a certain wide receiver is there, buzz is that he will be. But anyway, you know, we're kind of speculating a little bit at this point because we're recording right now. But also... I wish we were taping this on Wednesday morning instead of Tuesday morning, because then I would be able to tell you all about the uh, Brian Adams concert that Mm. I'm going to be going at tonight. I am stupid excited for it. Brian Adams. And by the way, not just Brian Adams, 
but uh, Joan Jett as well. She's definitely oh, cool. worth mentioning, man. She's got uh, you know, a ton of hits as well. I am mm -hmm. really looking forward to that concert. Um, those are my kind of shows, man. I mm -hmm. don't go really see new artists often at all anymore. You got to be like, at least you got to have been in the game for at least 15, 20 years minimum before I'll go <laughs> yeah. see you in, in concert anyway. But yeah, man, I, I know you're a big Brian Adams fan. We've talked about this on the show over the last couple of years. You've been coming on and uh, mm -hmm. we're both big Brian Adams guys. Huge. So I'm excited about today, man. Yeah, I would I'd go as far as to say I'm a Brian Adams stan. Like I defend him oddly uh, whenever I'm with people. Well, because I, I do think people associate him to like middle aged women. Uh, right like that's who he sings to essentially and i don't agree though i think like every when you actually take a look if you like go on spotify or something take a look at his discography i think most folks that grew up in the same timeline we did are gonna find hit after hit after hit and there is more than people think i think they think of uh everything i do i do for you because it's so overplayed at every wedding and like they think of they associate him to that song but he had so much of a body of work even before that and, and continued on after that um and if you like ballads love songs He's got to be towards the top of the list. And for live shows, Pat, I know like you have beef with Mariah Carey not living up to the expectation live. Mm -hmm. This dude, I've seen him three times now and phenomenal live. And every setting I've seen him outdoors, indoors, um, just always hits. Uh, just a class act musician. I I call him. He's the he's like Canadian uh, Canada's Bruce Springsteen. He's like sure. the boss of Canada, right? That's a good comparison, man. You know, I'm looking. And my old Twitter feed is uh, I'm talking to you going back years. This just shows you like I'm September 2016. I tweeted thinking of my Mount Rushmore of white pop rock singers and came up with Kenny Loggins, Don Henley, Phil Collins, and Brian Adams. So there you go. That, that goes right back. And yeah, you, to your point, everything I did, you know, it's, I, it's one of his, it might be his most popular song, but it's not one of my favorites. I, I still love heaven. Uh, when you love someone, summer 69, anyway, it's just going to oh, be yeah. a, it's going to be a great time, and, and I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, before we dive into any sports talk, and by the way, we're going to uh, one of the the, the central uh, premises of today's show. Aaron and I both came up with power rankings, and I've become a big fan of doing these power rankings on this show. It's something different that you're not going to see on a lot of other podcasts. But anyway, we both ranked our top 10 athletes that we would pay to go see. So uh, we'll we'll get to that in just a minute. For that though, last night or at least Monday night, I should say anyway, the uh, NBA NBA Finals wrapped up. Denver first time ever NBA champions, and uh, dude, I I tell you, man, Joker. I, I mean, what 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 can you say about this guy? Looked up his yeah. stats: thirty points. This is for the playoffs over the whole postseason. Thirty mm -hmm. points, thirteen point four rebounds, nine point five assists per game. The first player ever in NBA history over the course of an entire postseason to lead the league, not just his team, but the league in points, rebounds, and assists per game over the course of the playoffs. Just absolutely sensational. Dominant. Man. Yeah, yeah. Just absolutely dominant. I felt um the Jimmy Butler story was so much fun. I think probably the best story of the playoffs was the Miami Heat and the run that they had and getting to the finals, but Did I he knew. just run out of gas. Do you think Jimmy Jimmy do you think Jimmy just ran out of gas or just came up against a better team? Because he wasn't the same player in he the, wasn't the finals as he was in the first three rounds, man. Honestly, he started to deteriorate a little bit in that Celtics series. There were some games where he disappeared for moments. I think he got hurt in that Celtics series and was just playing through injury. And yeah, I think they ran out of gas and they ran into really in my opinion a juggernaut and i don't think that denver got enough credit like jokic is incredible 
all the stats you just ran off, but that's a good team. Like that, the way they're constructed, the way they play, everybody fits sure. their pieces. Dude, if they get out in transition, three, four possessions, they just go up real quick on you by like nine. Like just they're hitting transition threes. Like this team is just gelled well together. They play well together. Um, they've built something really nice in Denver. And this is what I hate about the way basketball is presented to fans because it's, I love Adam silver and he's done a good job of, you know, growing the game and stuff like that. But they're so big city based that nobody really talked about Denver almost all year while they were dominating the league all season long. And then there was complaints. I saw an SI writer complaining about like, Oh man, Denver and Miami is like the worst possible scenario. When I thought in my opinion, watching the NBA for the last 10 years, I feel like this was awesome for the league to have small market teams that aren't, packed with the um you know like the super teams like lebron james heat or everywhere lebron's gone where he has to build and get all these big time players it's like jokish a second round pick that just kind of self-built in denver uh, you got the miami heat who are like a bunch of undrafted guys and second round pick guys that just built in miami i think that's cool for the game uh i think people are sick of the super teams sick of going into every season knowing uh i heard that complaint all the time that it was oh it's going to be the Cavs and the Warriors and everybody knew it 82 games before the season started. You didn't know this year until you got to the finals. And I think that was the problem for Jimmy Butler is they just ran into this juggernaut of a team that I, I don't think there was a team in the East that would have gone five or six, seven games with this. Team. I think everyone would maybe won one game, but this Nuggets team was a team of destiny. They were going to just plow through whoever met them. Yeah. And they were no Cinderella team. I mean, they were literally the top seed in, yeah. in the West and, and had the best record in the yeah. NBA. I, I'll tell you, man, Jimmy Butler absolutely would. I mean, he almost single-handedly beat the Bucks in the first mm -hmm. round himself. Then mm -hmm. I'm a big Knicks fan, and he was pretty dominant against the Knicks too. To your and point, had some games played, against Celtics too. Sure, yeah, he, he played through some things against the Celtics, but he was pretty good. But yeah, man, I, I think he just. I, I don't even want to say run out of gas because then you're kind of disrespecting Denver a little bit. Just went up against a team that just wasn't going to lose to anybody this year. No. Um, and that team just they made a miracle run. But when you stack those two rosters against each other, like. That's why the NBA has these seven game series, right? The better team should win in the end. Like that's why if the Bills were in even five game series or three game series in some of these playoffs, we'd probably have a better record. We might even have a Super Bowl. Like I think the Bills could beat most of those teams two out of three times. Like, right. but you don't yeah. get that chance. And that's that's where the NBA, I think, and NHL and all these leagues shake out a little bit better for the teams that are actually better on paper. This was a uh, a legacy year too for for the Joker, man. I think yeah. he really. I mean, he's still got a way to go before you get up to that all-time, like, top three to five centers. But, I mean, he made a really big leap in just he's, one yeah, year. He's and he's starting to put it up. I mean, two MVPs. Could have been a third this year. And now he's he a, a champion. And an easy choice for, you know, NBA Finals MVP. Like I said, a mm -hmm. historic postseason run, too. So, uh, congratulations to Denver fans. I kind of agree with you. I, I think it should have been an intriguing series. I agree about the super teams thing that, like, you talk about a lot here. Um but I, I, I will be honest with you. I, I just, the series, I, I think it fell yeah. a little bit flat. Maybe just wasn't. One team you know, was so much better. Boxers, styles make yeah. fights. It just, it wasn't a very exciting finals. And it's maybe again, it's just because Denver's just that damn good, man. You knew, you knew what the result was going to be. I think that was the problem yeah. for the finals itself. Maybe if Miami was fully healthy. And going into it as a full healthy roster, you would have felt maybe a little bit better. I don't know. I got a question for you, though, about Joe sure. Kitch here. Um, I'm a big believer of how we view some of these guys in hindsight is impacted by the personality they have. So I'll give you an example. I think Tim Duncan might be 
the second best player in NBA history, top three, but no, not a lot of people talk about that. And I think it's because he lacked a big personality. He wasn't dunking on guys and getting on ESPN every day. He was slowly going to work, big fundamental, putting it up, but he had both team success and personal success for the entirety of his career. And it really stacks up just as good, if not better than all the people that we always talk about as the top five. I think when you talk to a lot of kids from the nineties, they will talk about Shaq being a better center or the best center of all time. I don't agree. I think Hakeem Olajuwon was a much better center so than Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq had a bigger personality, had the bigger dunks. He was super dominant within three feet of the basket on offense, and nobody could stop him there, and he put up big points. Hakeem Olajuwon might have been the best overall player we've seen until Jokic in terms of being able to handle the ball, being able to shoot with range, his moves, his defense, like all around top-notch player Shaq just never was that right Shaq admits he doesn't even know how to pass and he barely ever played defense so how we view guys is a lot of times associated to their personality or where they are in pop culture you've got this guy Jokic who's really for the last four years probably been the best player in the world by a lot and doesn't get talked about it like that he doesn't have the big personalities in a small market will he actually be remembered for how good he was during this period of time or will he slide into the background like some of these guys that just didn't have the personality to maybe match their resume i think tim duncan is the perfect comparison not necessarily the the style style but just the way they conduct themselves off the court like you said um they don't talk shit they're not in music videos they're not in a lot of commercials they just want to go home and hang out and they do their thing but i think people you know when you get to be our age you respect him, Duncan's game. I do think maybe he gets left off because I, I do agree with you. I think he's at least a borderline top five player of all time. For he's sure. one Ray Allen miracle three-pointer where Ray actually was out of bounds. I love Ray mm-hmm. from being 6-0 and in the finals, just like Jordan. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I think Joker needs to have a, a, maybe a couple more years of, yeah, of yeah. dominance to get into that all-time legendary. He's certainly the best player of this era. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about like an all-time legend, um, maybe he needs like maybe two, yep. maybe three more years. Certainly on his way though. Um, yeah. Anyway, all right, so by the way, yesterday, I, I get my days confused because we tape in the morning. Tuesday's show, go back, listen yesterday. I had a, an interview with Ashley Rowe, former Channel 7 news anchor. She's now working in Charlotte. We had a really good conversation and we talked about this a little bit on this show because I know you still got to catch up, I believe. Succession. She was, I don't know if you know this, um, the third last episode called Election Night, which was a very important episode to the series. And I'm not going to give anything away from you. But anyway, Ashley Rowe was uh, she was on the show. She, she in fact, she was on it like four or five times. She played a news anchor, reported on Election Night. And it was just it was really cool to uh, to see her on the show like four or five different times throughout the episode. And yeah. uh, we had a nice conversation. She, she gave us a lot of details about what it was like to go on the set how that opportunity came about flying to New York, talking about some of the, the cast members, Jesse Armstrong, their creator. So go back and watch that if you haven't listened already. And then on Thursday's show, i got a big show coming up live from Imperial. I haven't been there in about a month, but we're going to be live this Thursday. It's going to be a done with Graham reunion. Uh, Tim Graham and Tyler Dunn are both going to join me live from Imperial Pizza. And I'll tell you, podcast has really exploded, Aaron, over the last handful of years or so, but and again, not a lot of people know this. Tim and Tim and Tyler, when they both worked for the Buffalo News, going back about six, seven years now, they used to do a podcast called Done with Graham. And they were one mm-hmm. of the uh the local OGs anyway. So I'm really looking forward to uh that show. Anyway, all right, let's get into our 
this week's power rankings, and we're doing 10 athletes that we would both pay money to see. And uh, I'll throw up your list, and uh, cool. we'll, we'll, we'll get cooking with you, man. Yeah, we'll start with number 10. Uh, one a bit how I want to frame this is this isn't even necessarily my 10 favorite athletes or athletes in sports that are my sure. favorite. This is some of it is guys that I've heard the way that people I respect talk about their game. And also some of it is associated to the type of sport. You won't see a lot of football. Football is my favorite sport by a lot. Mm -hmm. You're only going to see one football player on here because one, I've seen Josh Allen. So I don't need to see that. I've seen Josh and Steph and this current Bills team. So that isn't going to make my list, first of all, before people run to me that I didn't have any Bills. Uh, but two, football is not necessarily, from the experience I've had of going to many games, it's not always the best to get that, like, w seeing one player and being in awe of the one play. I've seen Tom Brady. He was all, He's good. Like, that was awesome. But, like, there's certain sports, in my opinion, basketball is a little bit more intimate. I think being on a golf course, seeing a, uh, even baseball, watching a pitcher. So I just wanted to frame sort of mm -hmm. some of my how I was thinking about this when going through my selections. We'll get into it here. So um, number 10, Scotty Scheffler. I am in love right now with Scotty Scheffler. I think he is so close. He's not doing very good putting right now, but his long game might be the best I've ever seen. Um, he's super unorthodox. I want to see it in real life. It sounds so powerful on TV. Uh, and he is really close in my opinion right now. He's been on like a eight month tear where he's the number one golfer in the world. Yeah. And he's still putting poorly. If he gets that putting going here, even this weekend, he could go on a similar run. I'm not, he'll never be Tiger Woods. We will never see a Tiger Woods in golf again, but we haven't seen a guy play as hot as this in the PGA tour, uh, for like a two to three year span as Scotty Scheffler setting up to possibly do. I love his game. He's still super young. He just got to tweak a couple of things, but he would be fun. The power is is real, and I would love to see it in, in real life. The next two sort of go together, nine and eight. Um, I don't even like baseball. I really don't at all. But <laughs> I, the way I've heard uh, number nine is Mike Trout, and number eight is Otani. I don't know how to say his first name. Um, do you know uh, Shohai? Uh, yeah, oh, I just okay. always say Otani. I don't think Otani. I call them by um, his first name. Yeah. It's like Ichiro in baseball. You just say Ichiro. He's, These guys had status. Yeah, I think this would be a great show to go watch. I can kill two birds with one stone. But the way I've heard and I've seen clips on Instagram and stuff of the way like Mike Trout hits the ball, but hearing it. So like Pat, I was a Red Sox fan growing up and my kid, my dad brought me uh, to Fenway when we were real young on a group trip. We took a bus down to Fenway and warming up, hearing the sound of a Roger Clemens ball hitting the catcher's glove was like the craziest thing I had ever heard. And I feel like these two guys are those type of guys where you're sitting in a baseball field and the things you see and hear from the way they perform versus their peers is different. And I like to experience that. And so I think um, both of those guys would be on my list. Uh, the next one, uh, number seven, is Max Verstappen. I don't know if anybody has watched the Netflix uh, series on F1 racing, but I've slowly been one of those uh, bandwagon fans that has taken interest in it. Uh, Tilt mm -hmm. Money from the Bills guys from the Air Raid Hour. Uh, he and I text back and forth every weekend about the what's going on in the racing world. And he is just running at a, a clip like Lewis Hamilton was. He's like in his middle of his Lewis Hamilton run with Red Bull, bringing Red Bull back to success. The dude is just killing it every weekend. He is just up there on the top. Uh, and I do want to catch an F1 race. I'm not a big racing fan. I like NASCAR doesn't do anything for me, but the 
like I would love to go to Montreal or something like that and catch one of these F1 events uh, and see Max Verstappen. Uh, again, it's number six. Don't like hockey at all. I've seen a lot of live hockey. Live hockey is cool. Like it's fun. Uh, the clips that I've seen float around on Twitter and Instagram of Connor McDavid looks like it looks like Jokic playing in the NBA. It looks like a, a big kid playing or a big man, an adult playing with a bunch of kids, just like skating through people, weaving the puck. Like this dude looks real fun to watch mm-hmm. even if you're not a hockey fan like he is just out there kind of dominating and i love that stuff so i would love to to see him number five Giannis Antetokounmpo. uh actually don't love his game i think he's super limited i don't think he is necessarily as good as everybody wants to talk i think he's pretty lacking dimensions in his game but in my opinion this is the most like freak athlete that is out there right now in terms of like size length speed coordination uh and i think it would be impressive to see especially with the intimate setting that a uh, nba basketball game is especially if you can get in that inner bowl it's very tight um it it is a good display of athleticism nba Mm -hmm. so i would love to see him in real life number four is patrick mahomes the dude's a magician um yeah i don't know if he'll be the best football player ever but he is on pace to be the best football player ever uh and the things he's done josh allen can do the same stuff patrick mahomes can patrick mahomes does it more and more consistently and all the time and in every game you watch him he's gonna do some crazy stuff so he's one that i haven't seen live before and even though he has caused me personally a lot of pain i would still enjoy watching i don't think i want to watch him against the bills but i would go like to go see patrick mahomes in a big game against somebody because i think he does special stuff similar to my number three here uh, which is steph curry um i don't i still think ray allen is the greatest shooter ever and i'll defend that anytime you want to talk about it steph curry has done things that I can't even comprehend on the basketball court. Like he ch- has legitimately changed the way the game is played and the way the game is going to be played for years. Now you see guys dropping back for super far from three and it's totally their coaches are okay with it. And it's the Steph Curry syndrome. While I hate it, I got to respect it because he's done it with consistently consistency. He's in my opinion, uh, you know, we talk about, LeBron James greatness and his run. And I don't want to take anything away from LeBron, but there's been legitimate years where Steph was for a stretch of four or five years, the best player in the NBA with LeBron, with Kevin Durant, with some of these big, almost seven foot freak athletes. You got this kind of smaller ish. I mean, he's not small, but point guard type guy who was just lighting the NBA on fire. I would love to see that he still can do it. Uh, Number two, again, I hate tennis, but I would love to see Serena Williams live uh, play tennis. Even, at her age, she's technically retired now, right? Yeah, yeah. Tech, tech, technically, I, I believe she's also pregnant again as well. Pregnant again, but, but I, I, I could see I, her coming back and doing so. Like these types true. of like Tiger is like semi, or like he's not on the tour all that often. And he's right. a shell of his former self, but he's my number one. Tiger Woods, even at this age, barely limping through golf courses. Tiger Woods is the number one draw, in my opinion, in sports. Um. I, Michael Jordan is the greatest athlete, in my opinion, of all time. The GOAT. I don't know that anyone has ever dominated anything in the way that Tiger Woods dominated golf. And he's still the ticket. When you all this live versus PGA and all that stuff, whenever you hear the numbers, when Tiger plays, 
everything is different. All the crowds are different. All the eyes on golf is different. I would just love to see him. It'd be their experience. It, I had a couple opportunities uh, growing up young when he was really young in Connecticut. I had a couple opportunities to watch him. I didn't take advantage of it. And I still, that's the one like event that I could have probably gotten to and didn't that I'm kicking myself over. Cause this is, he's on, he's up there with your Muhammad Ali's your Michael Jordan's your guys that have just, at a totally different level, dominate an entire sport for 10, 20 years. Let me get, before I get to my list, let me ask you a question. I'm kind of putting you on the spider because I didn't ask you this beforehand. I mean, obviously this was like our homework assignment for the week to come up with this list. But if you could off the top of your head, think of maybe one or two that you would love to pay, you would pay to go see that you would love to go see that aren't current. Like these are all current athletes that you could go see right now. But you know, from another era, another time. Yeah. Yeah. Dish out some money that you would most want to see. You off the top of your head, you got one or two. Jordan, yeah, uh, for sure. Barry Sanders, sure. Um, Bo Jackson would yeah. be one, and then me, Ken, Ken Griffey Jr. would probably be the other one. I could there, I could probably go on all day with all. Oh yeah, yeah, we could, that, we That's a good. Whole, that would be my honorable mention. My, my first, my first one would I, I would I would say Muhammad Muhammad Ali. Just because of what an event it is when he fights, you know what sure. I mean. Just the, or the Tyson whole... and his like prime prime. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so here's mine. Four of your uh, guys are, or, or I shouldn't say guys, because you also have Serena on there. Four of yours, are, I also share as well. I'm going to tell you though, I made a mistake, and I didn't realize I made a mistake until you were just talking about Otani and Mike Trout because. I omit it again. I know some people are looking at the graphics so they can see the whole 10, but most people are listening on audio. So mm-hmm. I'll make sure I, I get to these. You mentioned two baseball players. I do not have any baseball players on my list because my first thought was as good of, you know, you could be the greatest baseball player in the world, but you're only going to get to maybe four at bats per game, you know, and it's a three hour game. So, but to your point, you know, the crack of the bat and the vibe of being in a ballpark, like even going to a Bison's game, I don't even have to know the players that are playing. I just enjoy being at the ballpark, having a beer, some peanuts, just that that vibe of being at a baseball game. So I kind of like, as you were talking, I'm like, maybe I should add a baseball player or two in there because Otani, I mean, he not only is he a great batter, but he also pitches too. So, you know, you can watch him play half the game. But anyway, I do not have any baseball players. Uh, number 10, I had the Joker. I mean, I really don't need to tell you too much. If you watch the NBA playoffs this year, you saw why. I mean, a big man, by the way, who can pass like he does. And he hit Sabonis. Away. Remember Sabonis? He's got that like soft yeah. touch. I mean, this guy just in the follow-away threes is just unbelievable. He's an unbelievable player. So it would be just a lot of fun to watch him. Number nine, I, I do have LeBron. And I'll tell you, when it comes to my list, some of these aren't even necessarily, like you said, they're not necessarily my favorite athletes or not even necessarily the best. Not LeBron, certainly one of the best of all time, but it's just like that aura of being in an arena or at a stadium when they're playing. Just those, those feelings that you get. Uh, LeBron's right up there with the greatest. So I have him at number nine. Number eight, you don't have him on your list. I tried to remove myself from being a Bills fan. I have Josh Allen. And let me tell you the reason yeah. why. Like you said, you talk to a lot of people you know that you respect, even if you don't necessarily like the sport. Well, I spent five years living in Florida yeah. and uh, including Josh Allen was like literally on his come up while I was in Florida. He was doing and some I, work like, in Florida while you were there. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I'll tell you, man, I would, uh, I, I walk, you know, you would, you would have your, I'd have my bills gear on and I lived in a city where everybody had different teams. 
But no matter what team they were rooting for, they would, if I had Bill shit on, they would tell me, you know, how great Josh is and how much they love watching him play. He is exciting. Sometimes it can be for all the wrong reasons. So if you're a Bills fan anyway, you know what I mean? But uh, he's just an exciting player. You never know what's going to happen on a given play. Have you anything happen at any time? Hmm? Have you seen him live yet? Josh? Yeah. Um, have you been to a game? And his- I'm trying to think. No, I have not been to a Bills game in five years, man. So no, I actually not. You should much. do it, man. I, I, got, I was there for his first uh, super hot game, that Chargers game where he didn't start, but he came in mm-hmm. um, and it was a ho- he played horrible, but uh, it, it was still cool to be there. I've been there for a bunch of Josh Allen games now. And yeah, he is definitely worth You're You're here local. The price is only going to get more expensive. Sure. So I would do it this year if you can. Yeah, I never realized that. I haven't been to a Bills game since Josh Allen's been the quarterback. Talk to your big dude. Bills. Talk to your fans. I bet somebody's got a ticket. They'll let you get oh, in. Oh, I'm sure I can get a yeah, ticket. I just never on. really, I don't like. Let's go to what? a game together. Maybe we will. I generally don't like going to football games. So I like watching them from I home, to be honest. With I got to do the post game show. My Everyone gives me a right. time why I don't go to the games anymore, like travel for games. I'm like, guys, I got it. Right. The world won't end if I miss a post game show, but still continue yeah. your list. So. <laughs> but anyway, Josh Allen, he's just, he, he's exciting. So that's a yeah. guy that I want to go watch. Number seven, he was on your list as well. I got Connor McDavid. Every time he touches the puck, something magical could happen. You could just, you you, you could see the crowd, you know, just uh, you hear the awes when he starts to get going. And once yeah. he picks up that speed, it's just, uh, it's magical. Number six, you also had Steph Curry. I got him as well. I agree with you about Ray Allen, by the way. Good take about being Thank the you. best shooter. Curry's the most exciting shooter, and he can make yeah. the, the the craziest shots from, like you said, almost from half court. The way he uh, he they creates Ray the, Allen, he out creates of the off league. the dribble. It's just amazing yeah. to see. So I got Steph Curry at number six, number five, Phil Mickelson. I loved him until he joined Liv. So I, I, I kind of he's become a bad guy over the last couple of years. But he was along with Tiger, my favorite golfer ever. He's a good. If, I watched him. He's exciting because. He, doesn't, he never lays up. Or at least he didn't use you anyway. He'll go for it from anywhere. He bombs away at all times. His Again, short game until, is incredible. Right. It's He's kind of been exposed game. a little bit as a phony and a fraud, though. I got to admit that over the last couple of years. I think been one of the funny. Yeah, he's been one of the funniest guys. At least I thought he was anyway until the last couple of years. But anyway, uh, the PGA Championship, not the one that was just here last month. It was here... Man, many years ago, but I went there and I actually followed him around for a good six, seven holes and just the crowd around him yelling his name all the time. Um, I was like five feet away from him when he was hitting a shot. So anyway, that was exciting. So Phil's number five for me. Number four, you had him as well. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Again, he's Josh Allen, but he does Josh Allen things more often than Josh Allen does. No way, you know, you just you gotta give the guys he's not gonna hurdle man. anyone or like stiff arm people, but he does some crazy magician things. If he stays healthy, he'll end up the best quarterback in the history of the NFL. I, I believe it, and I and I'm pretty sure you do as well. Yeah. Number three, <sighs> Roman Reigns. All right, oh look, God. I said athletes, I didn't necessarily say the four major professional sports. I love wrestling, I love Roman Reigns. At this point, he's an attraction. He's such a big star that he's not there. And I know you don't watch wrestling often, but he's, he's the reason I stopped watching. Me. He's the reason why you stopped watching. Yes, hundred so you percent. You're not acknowledging your tribal chief. Yeah, I think he's horrible. I think <laughs> Roman Reigns to me represents everything that sucks about WWE and Vince McMahon. Oh come on, man! I think that the the last 
three years now since he's a heel. Yeah. And he, he, he the leader, the tribal chief, the leader of the bloodline. He, again, he's a special attraction. Put it this way. Does he still just do like four super punches and like the same like but now yeah, he's, dude, a, but, on, but he's can... one of the best bad guys i've ever seen in wrestling i gotta be honest in the ring him, he's just not special in the ring no, but his matches are they're, they're good matches i'm telling you dude he's put he's put together a hell of a string if smackdown was what? coming to buffalo this friday and you said hey you want to go I, mean, I don't know but if roman reigns was going to be there like he was advertised because he doesn't he only comes like maybe one or two shows a month now sure i'd want to go see him so anyway, i will I say would, he was a workhorse for the wwe for a while yeah i didn't like him not, yeah i was yeah man one, there was a era i forget what year it was that i like really just stopped it was one of the wrestlemanias and it was like the fifth time they shoved down our throats roman versus brock lesnar or some other big lumbering idiot with two moves and it would just be super punch suplex super punch suplex and i'm just not that dude i want to see <laughs> i'm not i've always preferred this is my beef with wwe and vince mcmahon we should have an episode about this sometime but like i love the chris jericho's the sean michaels the Me bret too. hearts of the worlds that are technical good in the ring performers where vince just wants you to be muscly and big and perform a couple moves and just yeah i hate it but anyways <laughs> i respect your opinion to be wrong that's that's fair but again, he's even a traction to me <laughs> sure. at this point. Yeah, yeah. Number two, I got Conor McGregor, maybe the best fight promoter, UFC or boxing of all time. I mean, I want to watch him when he fights. I don't necessarily, I'm not a necessarily a, a Conor McGregor fan. Yeah. It's a big deal when he fights. And I would love to be in attendance because the crowd is nuts, especially if it's a, a pro Conor crowd, which most of them are. Mm -hmm. These Irish people going to absolutely nuts singing songs when he's in, in the octagon. It's a huge event. And again, he makes for an, he's an exciting fighter, not necessarily a big fan of his, but I would definitely sure. pay to go see him. And then number one, we have the same number one. It's Tiger Woods, man. I mean, the greatest of all time, the most impactful of all time. Um, I, I was at one tournament again, the PGA championship years ago. I only saw him play one hole and he actually bogeyed. It was a part three. I think it was like six hole at Oak Hill and he, and he bogeyed it. So I regret, I didn't follow him around because it was just so, again, to, to this point, he was just so popular. You couldn't get a good view of him going off the tee or anywhere else because it was just so many people. But yeah. easy uh, number one for me there. So I, uh, Another uh, notable, I think you might even have this as a notable, Roy mm -hmm. Jones Jr. in his prime. Yeah. Well, yes and no. He's one of my favorite boxers in the history of the sport. The only I've thing never is, seen anyone like him, man. Some of his fights were almost boring because it was a he, never yeah. he never got yeah. hit. He never got hit. Kind of like Floyd Mayweather in a way. Like Floyd wasn't. Floyd's a, like That's Floyd's true. a way better fighter than Manny Pacquiao ever was, but Manny was exciting. Like it was going to be yeah. fireworks when he would fight. Whereas right, Floyd right. and Roy, as much as I love Roy, it was just like kind of clinical. You know, it was I mean? a bad time period in boxing, but, but whew, he was a bad dude. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, I'm back here with Aaron Quinn from Cover One. One more Wednesday show here uh, for the summer. Well, again, I, maybe I shouldn't say that because I might be able to squeeze you out like tape you on a Tuesday night at some point sure. over the summer. So I shouldn't say it's going to be the last time you'll be on. It'll be the last time you'll be on with any kind of uh, consistency for a while. But anyway, all right. Bill's mandatory minicamp is starting. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, it actually already started uh, yesterday. I want to spend a couple of minutes talking about Vaughn Miller because... Yeah. Look, I, I love Von Miller, okay? I, I really do. Um, Ryan O'Halloran, uh, he had a, a, an article in the Buffalo News, and um, he was at the, the pass rush summit that, that Vaughn does, and Vaughn said his ACL is healed. Um, he doesn't expect to start training camp on the PUP list. Um, look, Vaughn Miller likes to talk, man. Vaughn Miller <laughs> likes to speculate a yeah. lot. Um, what are your thoughts on what Vaughn had to say do you feel like this team is going to play it over an abundance of caution when it comes to him? Like, do you believe him right now? Do you think he's going to start camp? Not on the PUP list. It's too early to, to make a prediction. Do you see him being in the lineup week one as things stand right now? I don't know that. I think I agree with him that he won't be on the pop list but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's starting week one mm -hmm. um with vaughn it's tough he's excitable he's passionate he said himself on his podcast that he only thinks and speaks in the best terms he doesn't think about worst case scenarios he doesn't think about anything except for best case scenarios and positive thinking like that's who he is, he's admitted to it. He's not trying to sell. I think some people, I joke around like Vaughn's a liar, right? But he's not lying. He has a mindset that works for him, that has made him successful, and he doesn't want to have any of the negativity. I know a lot of people that operate this way, um, but when you're fans and you're fanatical and you hang on the words and every single bit of news that comes out from your team, it's hard to sort of parse what he's saying versus where, what is the reality going to be? And if there is anyone that can get this ACL injury, turn around and come play, it's going to be Vaughn. He's done it before. Um, there's been reports that this wasn't that bad of a, a ACL injury for him. He's had the rehab process. This won't be similar to Trey white. And I'm not knocking Trey white, the mental aspect of rehab and getting past that and going to perform at a high level on a rehab knee. That's a real thing. And, People can sit there on Twitter and be tough guys, but kind of screw you. Keep your mouth shut. Like you yeah. would probably, you would probably be in a worse situation, not be able to handle it mentally. So um, I don't want to hear it, but yeah, if there's a player on this roster that can do what he's saying he's going to do. It is Von Miller. He's a freak. My personal expectation is Von speaking positivity. I don't think he'll be on the pop, but I could see something where they kind of just let the first two, three weeks of this season play out and then maybe slowly ramp him in. Now that you have Leonard Floyd, there's not a rush to get him back to a high percentage of snaps. And I think he understands that too. He was used quite a bit early on, more than Greg and I anticipated last year. We thought it would be more of a slow ramp up to when they needed him in December, January, February. 
I think he knows that now too, after seeing himself get hurt. The reason he's here is to sack quarterbacks late in the season, not to rack them up in September, October. So I can see him not being on the pop, but a slower ramp up to make sure that he's ready for the, the part of why they really need him. It was really these first two years of getting Von Miller that you went out and acquired him for. So I think he knows where the pressure is on him and what, what they brought him in to be. And so I, I just don't think they're going to rush it. Uh, and if he goes on IR, isn't it four games now? It used to be more. I think he would have to miss the first four games if they were to put him on IR to start the season. Because that's yeah. what I, again, we're not doctors and, and it's freaking, you know, not even the middle of June right now. A lot could happen in the next two and a half months. Maybe he did heal at a rate that nobody would expect. Um, but I could see a situation where maybe he misses the first month. And, and, I, and I agree with you 100%. I think Leonard Floyd coming here, you know, really slows it down. And, you know, teams are constantly, uh, they don't, they don't want the player wants to rush back and the team has to protect them against themselves. Some, and, and I kind of feel like with the bills, that might be the case this year. It's not like they got gaping holes at defensive end. Um, let's assume that he is back or let's assume that at least he doesn't go on IR to start the season and he's not going to miss the first month. And I, I'm pretty sure it's the first four weeks, but are you looking at a legitimate roster battle between AJ Epinesa and um and Boogie Basham right now? Because I mean, are you gonna carry six defensive ends? Because if, if Vaughn does start the season on the roster and he doesn't start the year on IR, you got Vaughn, you got Rizzo, you got um, you got Floyd, you got Shaq Lawson. That's four right there. And then mm -hmm. AJ and Boogie, five, six, however you wanna classify them. I don't think this team's going to carry six defensive ends on their 53-man roster. Somebody who's who's a, a name here, you know, they're, uh, they might be in trouble. Yeah, it's uh, I was on WGR with Bulldog, excuse me, on Friday. And he kind of asked me the same question, like, who is that odd man out? And I think the natural, um, where your mind would naturally go is AJ Epinesa or Boogie Basham. They're both still young. They both still have upside. Um, I thought it was interesting getting ready for our defensive line preview show. I, th I think we have, and I know I do have this idea that AJ Epinesa is much better than Boogie Basham or has been much better than Boogie Basham. But last year, actually, I think they both played similarly and we saw AJ maybe be able to get a little bit more pressures, but that's also a little bit to how he was used and the type of player he's supposed to be. But when you really compare their stats, they're not that far off from each other. So to me, um, I believe AJ probably holds more value for the style of pass rusher that he can be and that he was projected out to be. So that probably holds more value for other teams for Brandon Bean to get. But if I was the Bills, I would rather hold on to that type of young asset than I would the Boogie Basham asset. And so I'd be willing to maybe take less to move on from Boogie and get something. What do you think would be your, your best I mean, you're talking like realistic, realistic, feasible trade return let's just say they do say hey we're going to trade boogie bash because i agree with you i think he would be the guy that they would try to trade as well second round pick going into his third year so future six. that acquires him future six something like that it's not going to be my it'll be a seventh or something it ain't going to be pretty but it's going to be one of these it's better than not getting anything right because the alternative is mm -hmm. you're cutting one of these guys um i don't know if it's going to be an end or an offensive lineman bean's going to flip some one of these things for a late round pick and it's not going to be a fourth 
round pick that he gets in return. There'll be a late pick. It might even be a conditional pick based on Boogie Basham making another roster. But if he gets that pick, these types of picks that he's going to acquire, the ones that allow him to do what he wants to do next draft, which is move up. He's going to want to move up. We know he's going to, when we do draft talk next year, remind me that Brandon Bean can't help himself from trading up. That's what he's going to do with this bottom of the roster. Try to get some of those stockpile of picks that you can turn into a three, four pick package. If you're watching this on the YouTube side, make sure you subscribe hit that like button as well. Um, Aaron has a, uh, his little Ed Oliver is good at football sign. I, I think your sign should read Ed Oliver is decent at football. Just want to throw that out there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I mean, this is something we'll probably, we could be arguing for, for years. I'm, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole with you. Uh, right now all right so mandatory minicamp again it has begun you're listening to this if you're on youtube you're listening it's probably late tuesday night if you're audio side you're listening wednesday i hate speculating i was really hoping we would know definitively if uh stefan diggs was going to report we we the expectation is that he's going to and again i don't want to spend a lot of time talking about something that might be old news by the sure. time people listen to this mm-hmm. is there any storyline with mandatory minicamp that you give a shit whatsoever about at all or is it kind of like otas I, I i don't know man yeah no i don't care and even if he didn't show up like i get the optics i get that it is frustrating but i still also wouldn't care like i really don't care if he doesn't really? show up until august i really don't man it happens like it's gonna happen around the league whether it's contract negotiations or whatever it's not great it then if he doesn't show up now the media has full reign to go write whatever stories they want and speculate on it and stuff like that I think some of them tried to jump the gun in trying to create a narrative over the last couple of weeks of him not being there. And like, oh, there's like rumblings. If he doesn't show up, then that indicates maybe, right? Or something's going on. But I don't know. I just don't care about this stuff. They're not doing anything that matters right now. I mean, the coaches have essentially said as much when we're talking about the middle linebacker job. We're talking about jobs that are up for grabs. Like, until pads come on, none of this stuff matters at all. It's just workouts. It's glorified stuff. I expect him to be there. Stefan Diggs loves money. Um, there's consequences to not showing up. So even if he's not happy and he shows up mad with an attitude or whatever, I think he shows up. I really do. I, I'm not super concerned about him not being here. But again, even if he wasn't, I don't know. It just the optics will be annoying. Twitter will be insufferable. But personally, I just don't care. As a fan, I'm not in panic mode. Were he not to show up? And again, my our both of our expectation is that he is and that this yeah. is a moot point. The the him missing OTAs, my concern level was quite literally zero. I mean, literally zero. That means zero to me. It's volunteer workouts. Don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Minicamp, that word mandatory is attached to it. Sure. So I, I, I think it at least raised it certainly I don't, you know, maybe the media is creating some narratives, at least to some extent, mm-hmm. up until this point. That said. If a player, whether it's Stefan or whether it's a player on any team around the league, if it's mandatory, I, I I think it's deserved that eyebrows would be raised. And in some cases, maybe it's completely contract related. Like I know some players won't go to minicamp because they're un- very unhappy with their contract. That's not that uncommon. Sure. Stefan digs any angst that he may or may not have right now that's we're in June when the last game was played six months ago. It's got nothing to do with contracts. No. You know what I mean? So that's why I might be a little bit more concerned. Assuming he does show up, Aaron, assuming he has showed up again, because people will be listening to this. Would you like to, would you care? Because I had an argument with Joe from Queens, shockingly, 
yeah. um, over the weekend on this show, actually. That we need to hear I, from him. I, yeah. Do, do you care if you hear from Stefan Diggs? Do you care if he's sitting at the podium and, and talking, or, or do you not care? No. No, of course I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I do listen to all the press conferences, and I honestly, maybe... 10% of the time or less get anything valuable out of press conferences. So I don't care. Um, right, they're well, not going to, they're not going to push him hard. And even if they do, he's not going to give them anything valuable. Uh, so yeah, no, I don't care. Stephon all right. So one of know. the things that Joe and I were beefing about, um, it, it's layered. I, I guess you would have to hear it to really understand it, but Jay Skirsky from the Buffalo news has been really critical of Stefan in part. Is. In part, mm -hmm. like sometimes I, I don't, I, I think it's unwarranted and sometimes I do. I guess it depends on what angle you look at it from. Jay's angle is he's a leader, he's a captain, and he's still upset. Or he didn't upset, but he was critical that he didn't really speak about the end of last season. He thinks that if you're a captain, you're a leader, you should stand up in your locker and you should speak. The only time he has really spoken to anyone was Catherine Fitzgerald from the Buffalo News in Arizona, sure. uh, Super Bowl week. I haven't really heard anything from him. About that, but do you buy that? Maybe not even Stefan specifically, but just general. You're captain, you're a leader, you should be uh, one of the guys who speak up. Nobody is more interested in telling other people what to do than the media. They really aren't. Like, you don't it's understand fair. what, like, there is no requirement to answer to these people. It's sports. I think this entitlement that we're owed a response, owed answers, is, in my opinion, like, it's kind of childish to me that like they I need to hear from Stefan Diggs so that he can explain to me what's going on. This is a private business that we're fans of. We don't have any entitlement to inside information or what's going on. And I don't think anybody represents that more than traditional media where they believe that these people have to answer their questions. And you saw it with uh, Jerry Sullivan over the years and how mean he can be to players trying to get them to elicit a response and stuff like that. And I know there's a relationship between media and the players and getting messages out, but again, most of it is nonsense and most of it's silly. It's either people creating narratives or something that's not there. Like what's Stefan Diggs going to get up and say, that's going to make anything better after that game. He's probably going to say something in the heat of the battle that the only reason guys like Jay and people want this is so that they can write the story when he is frustrated and says something in a moment of frustration that we all would, we, none of us would handle it better so that they can get those clicks. Um, they're not, I don't know that anyone's actually concerned about hearing stuff on Dick's side of the story. I think everyone just wants the story and attached to that. So I don't know, nothing against Jay. I'm sure his work's great. Um, I, I just don't think this stuff is nearly as important that they believe it is. Let me ask you this too, before we wrap up with our, uh, finish the sentence segment when you look at this team right now and, and not counting injuries injuries could derail literally any team in the nfl that shows promise that yes goes totally. without saying you look at this roster right now whether it's a position whether it's something physical whether it's the team's chemistry the, their ability to get along whether it's coaching as we get near training camp right now like what would be your biggest concern about this organization because mine is going back to the days and look, they overcame it and went to four straight Super Bowls. But when they were known as the Pickering Bills, you know what I mean? There was mm -hmm. a close-knit team, yeah. but it's kind of like family. Aaron, you and I, if we spend enough time together a day in, day out, we're going to start beefing a little bit about some, you know, some little petty shit's going to probably get to us that normally mm -hmm. wouldn't. My concern, to some extent, is with some of the players, or maybe between player and coach or whatever, that 
you know, that chemistry, that cohesiveness, it, it concerns me a little bit. Although there's good leadership on this team, but yeah. is there anything like specifically that concerns you as we get ready to go into training camp, not counting injuries? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, there's a lot of pressure on this organization to mm -hmm. win. It ramps up every year. They don't. Although I find it interesting that last year the narrative was Super Bowl or bust, but here we are just getting ready for another season where they're going to take a run in the Super Bowl. So what the hell was the bust? Like, I hate that saying, and they're going to, I guarantee you it's going to be driven in our face again this year, Super Bowl or bust. It's like, what happens? We'll come back again next year and be a, a team that's competing for a Super Bowl again. I don't know if the Bills get it this year or not. I did, winning's going to fix all this, right? If they come out sure. and they get back to winning, nobody's going to care about any of the stuff that we've spent months talking about. I can see a scenario where there's a slow start, um, a tough schedule, maybe some not major injuries, but some injuries happen similar. Like we went through that Miami game where it's just like, man, we couldn't stay healthy and you lose it, drop a couple games. Then I could feel rumblings, whether legitimate or not, of frustration and internal frustration, maybe that being blown up for bigger than it is. And when you have so much eyes and pressure, especially in a league like the NFL, that can kind of unravel on you pretty quick. I think if you're not, if you don't have the structure in place to deal with that. So that is a concern of mine. I've already seen rumblings of because Josh Allen's been seen with movie stars. You see it on in Twitter mentions like he's and not focused. Madden he's on Madden. Um, and, you know. I'm, I'd be lying if I said there's not maybe a real thing where if he struggles out of the gate, you could see it maybe even within the locker room. Like we're all if you went to work and there was one employee that was getting all the attention, people the corporate was shining them with awards and saying this is the face of our company. And then, you know, maybe they're not delivering over the next few months. People would start to get start talking around the water coolers. People would start being like, hey, what the hell's up with Joe? Like, why does Joe get all the uh, accolades? And why is he the face of the franchise? And we're kind of, you know, we're all doing work, too. So it's natural human tendencies. It, it's not a Bill's problem. I think everyone tries to create these, you know, the Dable versus Sean McDermott, all these different narratives that come up. This is all normal work environment stuff. I was telling you a story about an Instagram I saw about Paul Pierce and KG cussing each other out yeah. on the way back to the locker room during the middle of a seven game series after a loss. Like it's sports are heated. These guys try hard to win. And when it doesn't go well, emotions are going to flare. So uh, you got a lot of passionate dudes that are on this roster. Steph Diggs is one of them. Nobody wants to win more than these guys. They want it more than us fans do want it. I know that's hard to believe sometimes the amount of work I see them putting in, you know that this is true. And so some of this stuff's going to happen and the spotlight's on them. So we're going to see it, but yeah, outside of it, just kind of like falling off the rails a little bit or a, a slow start and making that pressure boil over th that's probably my biggest fear. All right. I like that. Take a lot. Let's get to uh, our finish the sentence for again, right for the last, last time one. this summer for these where people who are watching or listening, just a an opportunity to get to know a little bit more about Aaron. And I suppose myself as well on stuff, that has nothing really to do with uh, sports. All right, first yeah. one. My favorite board game of all time is blank. So, well, I want to preface this. I do not like board games very much. I have super ADD or ADHD, whatever they call it right now, and it's always been hard for me to just like sit and play a board game. So, I want to say that. Mm -hmm. Um, and two, th the second thing I want to say is Mousetrap was like the most deceiving thing of my life because I saw the commercials at Toys R Us. I saw the box, and I'm like, I gotta have. <laughs> this game this looks incredible and then like one of my friends had it and we played it and it actually sucked it was like yeah. not a good game and it was like oh well maybe i didn't want that <laughs> so uh i just want to put that out there that like all 90s kids probably felt the same way that that game was so incredible it wasn't um 
my favorite game was life the game of life yeah that's a good one. one yeah that is a How good one um, i'm thinking you know i never thought of that until you talked about mousetrap i remember that shit now fucking terrible and it makes me think of another overrated game. I remember everyone thought Operation was the coolest yeah. thing. You know what? Oh, you get those little tweets. It never worked. It was stupid. Yeah, it never worked. And it was just dumb. Yeah. Um, I liked Clue. I, yeah, I always liked, uh, I like mysteries, man. I've always been, a, at least not always. When I was young anyway, I was definitely a mystery guy. And it was a fun game to play with your friends. And you would have to unravel a mystery, with, literally with Clue. So, so, yep. so mine is Clue. Uh, all right, let's go back to the next, or go to the next one. I should say the only type of cake I'd eat in my life for birthday parties is blank. Any, Pat, any I'll cake? eat any birthday. I've never met a birthday cake I didn't like. Really? You got some like decent, regular, even ass frosting on cake. I'm good. Like yeah. I don't care if it's chocolate. I don't care if it's vanilla. I will say the best cake that I ever had randomly was like Walmart. We were at some birthday party for my, one of my kids recently really? and the cake they served up and everybody was like, damn, yo, this frosting is like crazy good. Where'd you get this? And they was just like, oh, it's just like a stock cake at Walmart. <laughs> I am. Um, I'm boring, man. I, I'm double chocolate cake kind of guy. I'm not unlike you, though. I'm, I'm picky, man. I don't yeah. like a lot of different cakes, whereas you could eat uh, anything. anything. Right. My favorite 90s family oriented sitcom was or is blank. I was just totally obsessed with everything about fresh prince of bel-air yeah it was just i had that kind of like will smith dress style of just like funky bright shirts the wash jeans the crazy hats mm -hmm. he was the coolest dude i could even think of uh i was absolutely in love first crush ever with tatiana ali like Shot unbelievable uh, well, how much of a say, but... <laughs> crush i had on her as a kid um and so yeah that was absolutely my favorite but i will give a couple of runners up here because there's some good ones mm -hmm. uh that i remember boy meets world absolutely loved sure. that show um third rock from the sun fantastic sure. show loaded with talent mm -hmm. uh and i absolutely love and i still watch it back sometimes both everybody loves raymond and king of queens the, you know what? those are good shows they are I'm with you on Fresh Prince. That's definitely my runaway number yeah. one. Not only was it funny too, man. I, you, there were like life lessons that you would take out show. of it, yeah. man. Some really tender moments. Some some important life lessons for teenagers, young people watching the show as well. I think as times went on, I think the show like has even gotten better. I think it's aged well. Maybe not necessarily doesn't feel modern when you watch it now. But again, just the messages and everything about that show, I, I absolutely uh, if loved it. I love Bill Cosby. Show. If Bill Cosby didn't get canceled, would he'd probably that? Show no, that would be, be the there. '80s, though. It was still running in the '90s. Yeah, it was still running in the '90s. Um, Family Morning Matters Man. is another. It's an honorable mention that I wanted to give Ooh, out to. Yeah. I thought that I thought that show was uh pretty funny. All right, last one here. Favorite cartoon growing up was blank. I had, I don't this is going to be probably for sure different than us because growing up is a different period of time, but I had Tailspin. Disney after school had, it was like Tailspin, Darkwing Duck, uh, DuckTales, Goof Troop, but Tailspin was the ultimate. It was all the Jungle Book characters, Blue sure. and all those guys. He had his own plane service. Awesome. Fantastic theme song. Still claps to this day. 
I got to tell you, just like you preface, like you didn't, you know, really love a lot of board games. I was not much of a cartoon guy. And I know that's almost uh, sacrilegious to say, I would say Scooby-Doo, man. Old school, mm. again, going back to the mystery thing. It was always kind of a mystery figuring out who the villain was at the end of the, uh, of the episode. So I'm I would have taken you that. for a Flintstones guy, man. I like the Flintstones. I, I definitely like, like the Flintstones as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, that's going to do it for today. Make sure you follow Aaron on Twitter at AaronQuinn716. Again, Aaron's not going to be around every week here for the summer, but he's certainly going to still be with Cover One, him and Greg, every week. So make sure you go check them out and all the great lineup that uh, that Cover One has. Always growing to that show, man. Or not the show, I should say the brand. Um, yeah, we're trying, man. Lots of fun. And it's about time for everyone, not just, again, not just you and Greg, but time for you guys to uh, ramp up with training camp coming. Mm-hmm. Thanks as always, buddy. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun having you on every week, and hopefully when the fall comes again, uh, we'll, we'll get back, back at up. it. Yeah, yeah, man. Appreciate you, Pat. All right, guys. I'll be back uh, live from Imperial Thursday night. Tim Graham and Tyler Dunn. Talk to you then.